and welcome to this special edition of the Armstrong Williams Show. Prince Nam, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us, this. I mean, we know what's going on at the airport. We know what um, the American military is doing and other armed forces from around the world. But what's happening to the other 35 million Afghans in Afghanistan? Uh, well, since uh, Sunday, August 15th, people inside and outside Afghanistan were shocked. Uh, by the sudden collapse of the Afghan government, and that's uh, created a void and uncertainty. Uh, the desperate attempt uh, by Afghans um, uh, demonstrate the depth of uh, the mistrust uh, that that uh, that exists right now in Afghanistan. So uh, and now we are at the juncture where either the country will descend into chaos uh, or conflict, or it can be a turning point whereby uh, we can really build an inclusive Af Afghanistan, which can offer a better life for all the Afghans. Um, so um, it very much depends on what the next moves will be. Um, what is really important right now, uh, from my point of view, is that, yes, of course, you know, there are a lot of people who are trying to uh, get out from the country and flee. And this has uh, primarily been caused by, well, first of all, the sudden departure of the uh, president uh, who uh, uh, left Afghanistan untimely, unfortunately. And then there was a rush uh, to the airport uh, by some of the uh, American translators and people who were associated with the US. And then there were other embassies who were sending their staff. Um, and that followed up by the fact that, you know, there was an announcement that the US is evacuating people. So thousands and thousands of people just rushed to the airport in the hope that they could depart because they were not certain about what is to come. Um, and that caused such a chaos uh, that we're still facing right now after several, almost eight days. And um, people are still trying to get out. The, the mixed messaging has been terrible because people are thinking that, you know, whoever comes, they will be lifted without any papers, without any passports. Uh, so it's pretty chaotic. And up until now, that's not been um, uh, managed properly. Uh, but I think the most important thing right now uh, is that we are facing um, a humanitarian disaster. Uh, the banks are shut. Uh, people are running out of money. The prices uh, of food and, and commodities are going high. Uh, so we're very concerned, and uh, we don't have a government right now. There's a vacuum. Um, so, um, you know, it's very important that we get some kind of assistance to people who are actually going to be left behind uh, in the country, as well as get it, establishing some kind of an order uh, for the people who are trying to leave, to leave uh, um, in, a, in a way that uh, no one is harmed. You know, people have got killed uh, at, at that mayhem at the airport, unfortunately. Uh, what what and what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, because you were a part of the government, uh, like the government that collapsed. What about the Taliban ceasing power and taking over? Is there any possibility from from what we're being told here in the states that uh, the Afghans can work with the Taliban? Well, I think yeah, I think uh, you see, I I used to uh, be in the peace process for a long time. So I'm quite familiar with what has been going on in the peace process. And I've even had um, 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 
once uh, a meeting in Doha, so I've, I've had uh, you know face-to-face -face meeting with the Taliban. Uh, what I've advocated uh, before is that what I've seen in the leadership that there is a change that uh, the Taliban 2.0 is different to the Taliban of the 1990s. And uh, so far, uh, knock on wood, it seems that uh, what they're giving out as press conferences um, uh, is something that's much more hopeful than even I anticipated. Um, the question always arises, and I've been asked this question many, many times, is can we believe them? Uh, and the answer is very simple. Um, you know, we can either believe them or we can fight against them. And I think that's what the Afghan government tried and they failed miserably. And right now, uh, the Taliban are in control of Afghanistan. Uh, the good news uh, is that um, I've, I've been in Kabul throughout this whole time, that surprisingly, there was no bloodshed. Um, there were some cases of looting. Uh, that's probably, we're not sure who they were. Uh, but, you know, there is law and order in, in Kabul city. It's, it's pretty calm right now, apart from the airport. Uh, it feels very safe. Uh, it's almost surreal, uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, whether we can work with the Taliban or not is a very good question. I think what needs to happen is that we need to go one step further. They are uh, talking about an inclusive government. Uh, so how is that going to uh, uh, be? How is that going to shape, uh, be shaped or by whom and in what mechanism? Um, one thing which is very important, of course, that whatever is going to take shape, if it's going to be like an interim or uh, temporary uh, period, and then it's going to be an inclusive government, it needs to have legitimacy by the Afghan people. And I cannot stress that uh, um, stronger than this. Um, for those that are just joining us, Prince Nadir Nam is our guest. He's on the ground in Kabul. Um, he was an elected official in the government that just collapsed. Um, you know, we have about, um, we're going to take a break and come back here with much more. It is so refreshing to hear him say that it's not as devastating and it's, it's almost surreal. When we come back, we've got to ask him about the stories that are being told about women being executed and educated women being hunted down and kill and uh, Americans being tortured and also losing their lives. What about the stories about women being persecuted, executed, beheaded, Americans being tortured in uh, Afghanistan now? Uh, well, Ms. Armstrong, to be honest with you, I have not witnessed anything like that. Of course, the women are very uh, afraid uh, because of uh, the past uh, experiences with the Taliban regime in the 1990s, um, the, the position that they have uh, um, uh, actually announced is very clear that they're not going to harm the women. They even has asked women to go back to work. And uh, uh, so it seems that uh, on the surface, uh, they're very aware of this point. One of the things that they're very aware is that they know that the international recognition as well as international aid will very much depend on the women's rights. And I think they're going to be very, very careful on this matter. Um, there are a lot of women who are afraid, of course, because of uh, what they think might happen. But there is no proof that they've actually tortured anyone or killed anyone, as far as I'm concerned. 
um, I think that, you know, one of the reasons that, you know, we're here, or I'm personally here, is to ensure that some of uh, the rights uh, of the people, not just women, but all Afghans, that's been promised to the Afghan people are protected. And if it's not to raise a voice and ensure that uh, that is being uh, looked into very seriously. So right now, um, we don't have any guarantees, but I'd like to be slightly hopeful that things will normalize. One thing that I can tell you from my eye account is that I have gone in the streets of Kabul. There are not as many women as they used to be, of course, because they're afraid. But the ones that I've seen, uh, they seem to be quite fine uh, walking around the city and, and shopping and doing their everyday um, um, uh, errands. And basically, um, people have not returned back to work right now. So let's see what happens. That's the next stage. Um, the, uh, the other positive thing is like, for example, all the TV stations, uh, they're operating and some of the um, women journalists are actually there on the TV, they're conducting interviews. And, and this is really, really positive and promising. Um, so, so far, but is it but is it is it propaganda that they're broadcasting out of fear? Uh, there is a lot of that, I have to admit. There's a lot of propaganda going on. Um, there are some propaganda that's been instigated because people want to get out and they want to make sure to um, ensure that, you know, things look pretty bad. So, you know, there there is there's elements of that for sure. Uh, but, um, you know, at the moment, uh, it's certainly not the way that it's been that I'm seeing in the Western media and especially on channels such as CNN. What about the uh, um, the rumors that Americans have been tortured and some killed? Uh, sir, I have no information about that. I've not heard anything about that. Do you have any fear for your life and do you, you must you be careful about what you say on this broadcast? Well, I think, you know, I think the fact that I'm talking to you right now, I'm talking very honestly and plainly, uh, it means that um, I'm not afraid uh, because there has been talks about, you know, um, um, freedom of speech. And I think what I'm saying is something that concerns, you know, this nation and these people. So if they start persecuting people like me, then then obviously there's a problem. But I feel very comfortable talking to you right now. And you know, you can ask me any question and I think, you know, I'll be fine answering. So I have that right now. What, 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 what do you think, what do you think is the real story on the slow evacuations, people dying, trying to get on the tailwind or, of an airplane, um, um, people being trampled over at the airport. The airport seems to be the place where most media derive their stories from. What's the real story on the slow evacuations and what's happening there? Well, I think I think right now, you know, there's a rush for evacuation. The only thing that you know I see as a as a kind of a problem, this window of opportunity, that's closing on the 31st of August, I think has a problem. Although uh, there was some indication by President Biden that that could be extended, uh, but unfortunately, I heard from the Taliban spokesperson that they don't want to extend it beyond that date. Uh, so the question is be basically a logistic question. Uh, and the fact that so many people have gone and, and basically are camping outside the airport, uh, there's like, I think up to 50,000 people were there at, at one time. I know friends who are trying to get out, but their problem is how do we get to the airport? How do we get to where we need to be? Uh, some people have even been gone all the way to the Bagram um, airport and then from there been carried by helicopters to um, uh, to the airport, to the international airport. So that is, um, you know, um, 
uh, where it's at is there's still a chaos. Uh, one thing I like to tell you, which which can put things in perspective. Again, I'm trying to be slightly hopeful and optimistic about what is happening in Afghanistan. Um, I've been uh, conducting as as my my research institute, Kabul Institute for Peace, uh, jirgas or assemblies across the country. I've gone to the seven zones of Afghanistan, I've sat on the floors, I've talked with people, and I know what the country wants. I know what the people of Afghanistan wants. And the people want peace above everything else, peace and security. Next to that is justice, human rights, women's rights. Now, let me tell you something. I've been in contact with 20 of the provinces out of the 34 in Afghanistan, and I'm, I'm delighted to say that Right now, there's no war going on anywhere in Afghanistan. And this is something that could never be imagined uh, even uh, 10 days ago. Uh, so I'm just hoping that, you know, this is the, the start of, of, of some kind of a, a real peace or a return of peace in Afghanistan. Uh, plus, uh, sir, I'd like to also add that we had an average of 250 young Afghans being killed every single day, whether they were from the side of the uh, Afghan army or the Taliban. Right now, I've checked even in the hospitals, there are no injuries, there are no death. This, this to me is, is a great, great, great um, um, uh, day that, you know, that I'm hearing this. Uh, so hopefully this could lead us uh, to uh, possibly a peaceful Afghanistan, which, as I said, w w could never have been imagined even 10 days ago. And, and why were the young people being killed? Well, they were fighting. The, the army was fighting with the Taliban. That's how they were killed. And in, in the crossfire, there was a lot of, uh, obviously, uh, civilians being killed. There were bombs being dropped um, on daily basis, whether by Afghan army or even the U.S. was helping the Afghan army for a long time uh, with targeting uh, the Taliban. Uh, again, I guess as Prince Nadir Nam, uh, he's joining us live from Kabul. This is Armstrong Women's Show. I know so many stories that are out there, so many narratives, as he says, the narratives on CNN are not true uh, in terms of the torture of women, the killing of Americans, the torture of Americans. Um, in fact, he says he has so much hope. It's so important to get the other side of the story for those that have lived there and deal with this every day. I actually covered the many of the refugees coming from uh, Kabul um, into the United States at Dulles Airport. Um, um, Prince Nader, is it creating a refugee crisis where many of them are leading and leaving and going to the borders of Turkey and Syria and other places? Talk about the refugee crisis that this this collapse that the government has, has created? Well, uh, let, let me just go back a little bit. That the, the refugee crisis is not something that happened 10 days ago or a week ago. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, these people are trying to get out because, you know, uh, uh, mayhem is going on in Afghanistan. This actually, I think, is a part or a continuation of the failure of the last 20 years. So right now, um, I'm sure that you've heard uh, before that they were Afghan refugees trying to leave Afghanistan because there was lack of uh, economic uh, intensive, there was war, there was insecurity. I'm sure you've heard of uh, a lot of Afghan refugees uh, drowning in Mediterranean Ocean and, and uh, um, 
being in camps in Turkey and Greece um, and, and being locked up and being in terrible conditions. So, you know, you can imagine that people are taking risks uh, with their lives when they're taking these journeys because basically they're being smuggled there illegally and there's a huge amount of danger. Uh, so right now, a lot of people still are uncertain about the future. They, they're not sure what the Taliban are going to do. They're not sure if peace is going to uh, be maintained in this country or will ever have proper peace. So they're still concerned. And right now there's a, like, um, you know, a more coordinated evacuation plan. So everybody wants to, to leave, um, which I think, which uh, of course helps me as an African because uh, we are seeing a lot of... Uh, you know, uh, bright Afghans uh, who, who uh, could build a country, leaving the country, that really, for me, is a personal loss in a big way. Prince, Prince, if you had any advice for President Biden and his administration, what would it be? Uh, well, I think uh, one of the important things is that, you know, I think some mistakes were made uh, without, a, uh, without a doubt. But I think what is really important is that um, uh, America doesn't abandon Afghanistan. Once again, uh, this is really important. I think President Biden, uh, as much as I know he's trying to evacuate people, should be thinking beyond that, should be thinking about the 35 million people who are going to be left in Afghanistan. He should be thinking about humanitarian help. He should be thinking about supporting uh, a system, a political system that is really uh, legitimate in the eyes of the Afghan people. Um, I think, you know, we've had uh, the U.S. as a partner for the last uh, two decades. And um, I have to say that, you know, even the Taliban, the ones that I've spoken to, uh, they don't have any issues whatsoever with the um, American government or the, uh, they, certainly not the American people. They said, well, look, you know, just please put your guns down and help us uh, build our country because we still need your help. You, we still need your assistance. So I think, you know, we should uh, uh, move away from the military uh, and fighting and the war and, and come to some kind of a humanitarian um, a mindset of uh, what the fate of the Afghan people are going to be in the next five years and, and so on. How important is it also for um, us to understand, appreciate um, the culture of the Afghanistanian people? I cannot tell you how important uh, it is, Mr. Armstrong, and I think this is some, one of the fatal mistakes that was made is I don't think um, anyone really understood the, the culture of my country. And some of the parts of the failure is that uh, people were coming on very short uh, tours and uh, they would not get to, to, to understand the culture of Afghanistan. And to be quite honest with you, I don't think it was very relevant uh, to understand that. But, you know, so we are where we at. Um, um, and I think, you know, um, uh, it is important, you know, anywhere in the world, you know, when you go to a country or when you're in a country, you have to take the time to understand the culture. And by and large, as much as we portrayed around the world, uh, the Afghan people are really good people. They're uh, resilient people. Uh, they're not uh, warmongers, you know, uh, at heart. Uh, uh, they're one of the most kindest people that I've ever met um, in my life. Uh, and your final thoughts, sir? Uh, well, my final thoughts are that I hope that um, 
we are really going to get um, uh, peace and uh, uh, security in Afghanistan. We are hoping that we will get a government that really the Afghan people um, deserve, uh, that there will be unity amongst the tribes of Afghanistan. This is something I'm advocating very strongly, and that the world will not uh, turn their back on us, and especially the U.S., and forget Afghanistan. Afghanistan uh, will always uh, try to uh, improve. Uh, there's a wonderful, wonderful new generation of Afghans who've had the opportunity uh, uh, to be educated, they have a vision, they want to work, they are hardworking. And I think, you know, given that opportunity, uh, peace for some years, Afghanistan, I believe, has the potential to dramatically change and move in a positive uh, path. Well, it's Prince Nam. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. You in our prayers. We wish you and the Afghan people well, and we look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Armstrong Williams.